Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 123. Six. Six. Holy smokes. Is it actually 126? Look Read at the us. email. Read Look the at email us go. Look at us go. Uh, a lot going on. A lot going on this week. I'm going to lead with this. The Cubbies just finished a game. Beat the Reds. Hayden Wisniewski <laughs> traded for Scotty Afros. Unbelievable debut. Yes, Dakota. Presented by. Presented by Parse Rum. This episode, as all of our episodes are presented by Parse Rum. Your favorite rum, my favorite rum. I love rum. And let's talk about Hayden Wisniewski. 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 We did. We did call him Mike Wisniewski, though. All the Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Mike Wisniewski. He went five innings, eight punches, two hits, eight punches. That good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. He uh, did you notice his antics at all? He has a little Scott Afros in him. He was traded for Scott Afros. If the people didn't know that, in that he's a little psycho. Like he's kind of a little bit of like a tweet. And I've told him that before. I'm like, man, you're kind of like you kind of tweak a little bit. He's like, yeah, I, I get crazy when I pitch. He, I didn't notice that. I noticed the red hot that is seeping through the jersey. <laughs> I did see that. He also, in between innings, he's an active. He's active yes. in between innings. He's talking. Doesn't that. sit down. Does not Love sit that. down. He walks like, up and down the dugout like talks. Like it's crazy. Him, him and Wade pitching back to back is a lot because Wade Miley is nonstop. You know, he's in the dugout talking, talking to the pitching coach, talking to the analytics or the you know. What do you call? What would you call the coach R&D. that does game planning? Game planning yeah. coaches. He's just talking the whole time when he pitches, and then Hayden Wisniewski came in after, and he was same kind of same way. So that was. I need uh, you to. I need you to learn your teammate's last name. No, right? you know what? His name's Hayden. His last name's Wisniewski. Shashevsky. <laughs> Wesneski. I'm pretty sure it's Wesneski. I could be wrong, but I've always Wazowski? called him Wes. I just call him Wes. Why well, just call him Hayden? Um, but yeah, back to him being crazy. We were in Columbus last week and he threw out of the bullpen and we were losing like seven to one. And he went out there and went like one, two, three in his first inning. And he came in like pissed. He's like, man, left a fucking strikeout on the table. I had a fucking strikeout. I should have struck that guy out. I left it on the table. Fuck. I'm like, dude, we just gave up seven runs in like three innings. You went one, two, three. Great job. Yeah. Take it easy. Huh? Yeah. Where are you guys? Where in the world are you guys right now? Jacksonville, Florida. You're in Jacksonville. Tell us about you just played uh, TPC Sawgrass on the off day. Sure did. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, first, Ian Happ, with the prediction of a lifetime, I asked you for your prediction. You said 98, and I shot a 98. I went in, and I said, if I shoot under 100, I'm going to be pumped. But I still ended up pissed off because I shot a 44 on the front, best golf of my life, and a 54 on the back, real bad. You were counting your score. I was 100% counting because at the turn, I'm like, I'm at 44. I can shoot a 55 on the back. And I almost used every bit of it. The That golf course, though, has a much harder back nine than front nine. That is real. Yes. But I also said before you got on, Ian, I was saying to Tom and Zach, it blew me away. Like, I went in with high expectations, and it was <laughs> how pristine it is. It was incredible. It was worth every penny to play there. Did everyone in your group hit 17 green? Uh, no. No. There was there was one water ball. One water ball. Well, there was eight of us. We had two groups, and there was there was a couple water balls. 
but Jared Young stuck it to like five feet in the caddy we were with. So that was the best shot he's seen there. And then he made the birdie put in. He could forever say he birdied 17. Love shout, that. Good shout out JY. JY. It was sick. Zach, where in the world are you? <laughs> I'm in Toledo. Toledo. Zach's, Don't Zach's yawn before so, you Zach's say it. Show so locked in. He's so locked in that he went mid yawn in the response. Come on. You got a, a six game set in Toledo right now? Yeah, we actually had to finish a game tonight from the all right before the all star break. They got banged in the first inning. So we played 16 innings tonight. That's gross. Zach, you know what I can't wait for? See you the last three games of the season. And what a fucking Iowa. disastrous <laughs> schedule that is. And the best part, the second to last game is a noon game, too. Like, and what are the we last doing? Noon game. Dude. <laughs> and we, we play Columbus games. the week before, which is a fucking driver away. We we play Omaha the week Stupid. before, which is two hours, and then you guys come all the way to us for three games. So hey, comes down to you don't like it play better. That's very true. Except they fin the Tigers finish in Seattle. <laughs> Zach, does is there shifts in AAA? Oh yeah, the whole year. There's been shifts the whole year. Oh yeah, brother. How do you guys feel about the bigger bases? It's it just makes it harder when you go up. <laughs> Because you're not say. used to it. And you actually, like, it is half the size. Like, Scope is rehabbing right now. And he looked at me, he's like, Shorty, man, these bases are fucking huge. And, like, the, the first time I called up this year, I was, like, rounding. Or I was running from second to home. And I was rounding third. I was like, oh, my God, that is minuscule compared to what we play with. Do you think that it's easier to steal bags in triple ball? Does, does it make a difference that it's like four inches closer? Because there's so many so. bang, bang plays. There's so many. Think about how many times you're tagging a guy out and it's bang, bang. Like the hand is reaching. Do you yeah. think that it does make an impact or it it's not noticeable? I don't know. I don't think it would be noticeable, to be honest, especially because we don't have replay here. So it's like it's the umps are guessing anyway. Not guessing, but you know what I mean? Compared to like they can't rely on – going to new york if it's a close play like i i we talk about it all the time it's like you'll watch a game and an umpire just if it's a bang bang like force play he'll be like i don't know i don't fucking know out let's just challenge it i would also like to ask you with this with the pitch clock and the step off rules and the and the pick over two picks and then you have to throw home you can't pick again does that come into play how frequently does that come into play you know it's funny today was the first time that i saw something with that so you can only as a hitter you can only call time once so um their guy called it and then our pitcher held they got the sign quickly held it from like 10 to zero and then threw it and like we were all laughing about it like fuck i've never seen that's kind of smart which is kind of dumb where it's like i mean it's i think it's, i don't think it, it was didn't but you can it. leave if you're the runner if you see no no, no i know i know but no nobody was on Oh. So he was just like sitting there like, all right, you called your time. If you do it again, it's a strike. 100%. But you know what I mean? Like with guys on base, if the clock's running down yeah. and you see it's at one, like you can almost take off. Like yeah. the chances sure. he's picking are low if he's waiting that long. Have you seen that happen at all, Dakota? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did this yeah. last series for the first time. Yeah. And do you think in the big, do you think, do you think if that same system is implemented in the big leagues, that big league teams will take more advantage of that. Like that'll be, that'll be like on the report or anything. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. I think yeah. it'll, they'll look into the data of like 
I'm sure they'll have advanced data of like this guy usually pitches at this time on the clock. Like they'll have so much data on that if they actually put a pitch clock in. Then I I truly think they need to put a pitch clock in just Dude. with with not you can't have an at bat dictated by it. Like if you call if like you take a half a second too long with two strikes, like I'm not getting banged with that. Do it until the first two or until it's ball three or strike two and then bang it. That's I mean, an interesting I'm, idea. I'm like, so I'm so far in on the pitch clock, it's crazy. Dude, it, it's it's just not even like I, I don't like you know, like hey, you gotta be careful how many times you step off. I think that's stupid. Um, because like if you get a sign too late on second base and you already stepped off twice because you couldn't see the signs, we don't have pitch com here. And it's like, because you can't see the signs, you have to go like this. That's wasting five more seconds because the guy in second, you have to give more than five signs. I I, I think that's so, dumb. Yes. But. But you I, think, you think guys will adjust at the big league level. 100. I'm telling you, you remember, I hated it the first week. I got called out for it. I was like, this is the fucking stupidest thing in the world. I was in the box. But now like. It, it's true. It's just like a flow of the game where you've, especially in the big leagues, got like rightfully so, you know, you're taking your breaths in between pitches. Like, this is a huge moment. Like, your life could change with this pitch, you know, if you get a big hit or big strikeout. Like, yeah, I get it. But like, there's some times where it's just like, all right, bro, there's nobody on. It's the top of the second with like, just get in the box. I think the biggest one I've noticed pitching, the only thing I would change is. If there's no one on base, you can't step off if you're the pitcher. And that I don't think that would – like, that couldn't happen in the big leagues. Like, it's like you have 14 seconds. Like, if you shake, shake, yeah. and you see there's two seconds, it's like you just have to grip the ball and throw it because they're going to ball you. That's the only one that's tough. Like, you can't reset the clock if no one's on if you're the pitcher. You have to, like, fake, like, oh, my shoe's untied or oh, bug's in my eye. I got, I got a, I got a question for Zach. You mentioned that it happened to you the first week of the year. Have you been, has it happened again? No. And like, even <clears throat> I haven't, uh, no, it happened once. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I lost track of it. I stepped out of the box. Like, I you know what? Anything. You're right. I, like, I deserve a strike. I was like, whatever, ah, fuck dude. it. Give me a strike. I, the, the hitter one is much more rare than the pitcher one. I've seen multiple pitcher ones like probably one or two a series pitcher wise, yeah. but hitter ones are rare that I've seen. But like, I like it. Like I'll take a pitch and then I'll do like take one foot half out of the box, get the sign and then look back up. Like the, the best is when a hitter's pissed with a call and they back out of the box. Sorry. Ian, and they back out of the box and like, they know the clock's running down. So they use their time. They're like time. Like, yeah. And the ump has to give it to them so they can just show they're pissed by calling time. Basically just angry, angry times. Yeah. Have you ever, encountered with the pitch clock a pitcher who is a very fast worker like a wade miley or a brent Suter, yeah who is just like waiting for you to look up and then so like you know it's funny if i noticed that i don't know if you remember like probably four or five years ago maybe four years it happened to judge like this guy i forgot who it was was quick pitching him and like as soon as he looked up the guy was in his windup and like judge after the first pitch would take a pitch like when he realized what the guy was doing and he just stood there, like did his whole routine. And then just kind of stood there where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If I can't call time, I'm going to be ahead of you. And like, it's happened maybe once or twice, but like the umps usually have your back to it. Like, dude, stop. Yeah. I have a little bit of a fear with the pitch clock that 
there are fast workers in the big leagues, obviously, but like some the guys will basically be waiting. Yeah. If you can only call time once, because like Wade Miley through a Wade Miley start, there's time called ten times, five right. times, Which depending again, on how right. many innings he goes. With a with a Brett Suter appearance, like there is, there's multiple times where the hitter will look up and immediately call time because he started his his wind up or yeah. And I so and that's, like, that's I have a fear of that. I have a fear that there will be more pitchers that are basically waiting for that guy to look up because he is not able to call time. I, I think with how badly MLB wants to implement it, I, I think they'll actually listen to guys like, like you who have that fear, or I think they'll think of absolutely everything just so that they could put it in there. And I think they'll have every base covered. I, I could be giving them to you guys and them too much credit, but I, I just think it's such a good idea. And I think the league will adjust where it's, it's like, fuck, what? It's crazy how much more enjoyable watching a minor league game is compared. Like I watch big league games on TV. I'm like, oh my God, they still haven't thrown the ball. Throw the ball. Like it yeah. takes so long. It's incredible. And I get it. Like I get it now what fans say and like how slow games are. I'm like, after watching a minor league game and then watching a big league game, I'm like, that is insane to me how slow it is. Yeah. I honestly think long-term it's going to be good for the product it's going to be good for absolutely i'm pretty scared what the first month is going to look like but, but long term and that's the long thing, term like, i think it's the right thing you know like remember when scherzer when they started checking last year basically got naked on the field and was like oh come on like let's do it you know i think that'll happen to start and then i think guys will be in the dugout looking around like hey guys it's the seventh inning like this is fucking awesome it's it's great and it's um, it, especially for the fans. Yeah. Like, Tom, you're going to love watching games with a pitch clock. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, we're just going to spend the whole episode talking about the pitch clock. Um, I have another question. As an infielder or fielder in general, you've been playing some outfield. Do you feel like you're rushed out there? No. Because when Wade Miley pitches, sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. you know, oh, God. especially like if you're checking your card, if there's two strikes, because that's when we have ours. That's when we move. We have a normal and then two strikes. Um, I think it's harder in the outfield. But I think, I don't know, I get in kind of a rhythm where I know what I'm – like, I don't know, I know who I'm dealing with. I know how long it takes. You in the same spot every time. I don't like the hat one. I don't like – do you keep yours in your hat? No, back pocket. Yeah, mine's in my back pocket. So, like, I mean, I grab it every time quickly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't. And think once you, once you play the same team in a series too, like you know the hitter, like you know yeah. Zach. Like if Jared Young's coming to play, like you know where you're going. Like right. you face a guy ten times, like you know where you're supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, two questions for you. First one: Do you have any uh, comments on the pitch clock? I do think one thing that's interesting hearing both Dakota and Zach's perspective on it is that. I think when it gets implemented, guys like yourself are actually at the biggest disadvantage, whereas all the young guys, well, they'll, you're used to this. You know, like if you're right. Hayden tonight, he he's pitching this now for, what, the, a year and a half, almost two years? Whereas someone like yourself who's playing the majors these last couple of years, that'll probably be the bigger adjustment. But I think so many of the young guys will just be like, yeah, this is this is how it is. You know, this is what we've been used to. So. I think it's coming, and I think it's coming really soon. Obviously, you guys would know more. But, like, yeah, exactly. Remember in the 2017 or 19 World Series when, like, both teams kind of knew that that was – They were 
Yeah, fishy shit was, was going on with with every team. Every team was giving 12 signs with guys on base. There was unlimited They were pitching. giving multiples with nobody mm-hmm. on base. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I meant. Sorry. There was unlimited pitching. Ma- or, uh, there was no visits. mound visits. No that's mound what I'm saying. Visits. So, like, and we were all, like, kind of, like, oh, wow, this is a great game. I got the Dodgers and Astros World Series game four or five when that went, like, however many innings. And they just kept going. It was, like, a five-and-a-half, six-hour game. And you're like, wow, what a game. But you're watching it, and you're like, this is taking fucking forever. Dude, they were playing four and a half to five hour nine inning games. Right. And it's because like, there was no there was no mound visit rules. Okay. Each team was taking 10 plus mound visits. <laughs> there was no was there no pitcher? Three better minimums. Yeah. Right. So, so and- there was there was they were using like two to three pitchers in the inning in the late innings. And that's my thing. So, like, think it about that that gross. time to where we are now, where if you said that four years ago, five years ago, and you said, hey, in the next two years, we're going to bang these pitching or mound visits, we would have been up in arms, I feel like. You would have been like, oh, this yeah. is stupid. Come on, it's baseball. But now it's the same thing, you know, where it's like, hey, this, I'm telling you, like, especially now where we have the trials for it, where everybody, for the most part, loves it. It's like, dude, it, it, I, it needs to happen. I'm surprised they haven't gone no shifts in AAA to try it. I bet you next year they'd say everybody has to be on the dirt. I bet you. I bet, I bet year, they try it for sure. I bet you. I bet you next year everywhere. Yeah. No, I know, but I, I think that pie rule is stupid. That second yeah, base. Aren't they testing that? They were testing that. Somewhere. I think that's that's in high A or lower level. No, I think they did it in double A. I'm pretty sure okay. they did the like feet on the dirt. Like yeah. you can go anywhere on the infield, but your feet have to be on the dirt. Tom, I have my second question for you. What's the hat? I, I've, I've worn it before. It's, I, it's the Swepsonville Sweepers. Oh, Swepsonville. Can you get closer to the camera? Yeah. They send what's, it that guy, for free. what's that guy doing? He's sweeping? He just got a mustache. <laughs> He's like an angry broom. Oh, is that so? It is. Um, that are we so? hitting the ham- uh, panic button? Yeah, what do we got? You've had two weeks to sit on your thoughts. Oh, we're going to do this now. And disclaimer, so Scott Scott doesn't like us talking about the Yankees in our group message. So, Scott, this is a good time for you to skip over the next however many minutes. Um, Tom, you have the floor. Uh, I mean, what do you want me to say? You said Are you hey, nervous? You said you had ammo. Say what you want to say, week. man. We're not. Hey, we're not bashing anybody. This is just good conversation. All right. I, I feel like I was frustrated with the, some of the conversation on this show that I was, is a, that so I was, I was, I know it's hard to believe I get frustrated guys. I was frustrated. I was frustrated with some of the conversation on the show in regards to me being reactionary. I, the Yankees now have been a below 500 team for almost two and a half months. That's a fact. I, for the first six weeks of that, I would say I was like, all right, you know, every team has a bad spell. I've watched enough baseball to know teams have bad spells. Obviously, it's not fun as a fan to watch that, but it happens. The fact that I think I was painted as this reactionary alarmist is not true. And I never felt like it was true. And that's what bothered me. As a Yankee fan, I, there are plenty of Yankee fans, and I see them on Twitter who, you know, the day that the, 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 they start losing, the sky is falling. I never felt like I was that person. I do think at this point you have serious concerns. Stan has one of the lowest OPSs in the league since he's come back. DJ LeMay, who hasn't had a hit in seemingly months. He's got an OPS of like in the He's hurt. He's hurt. an ankle injury there. 
Glaber has really not been the same player. He's hitting like 105 on off-speed pitches right now and since the All-Star break. Breach. Mm-hmm. There, there are issues with this team, and I think I've landed in the spot. At least this is where I'm at. I, I, I personally, and you guys can make fun of me if this ends up happening, I don't think they are a deep playoff team at the current moment. Now, there's things that can happen. Harrison Bader coming back, Luis Severino coming back. There are ways to get there. Scott Efros. Scott, Efros. Scott Efros, of, of course, coming back. There are plenty of ways for them to become a deep playoff team. But the team that I've watched now for the last, you know, a serious sample size of games is not a deep playoff team, in my opinion. Right it, now. It's tough because you guys have, like you said, with like guys getting hurt and then especially Carpenter getting hurt. He was a huge spark. LeMayhew, you know, you you know what you're getting with him all the time. And then the bullpen that was so reliable, you know, a bunch of guys got hurt. Can I ask you a question, Tom? Yep. Do you feel like the team played so well early and was so good all around and there was talk of the best team to ever be compiled that now this bad run feels even worse whereas if the team if the team the whole year had played just you know whatever their record is now what are they a 600 winning percentage 570 winning percentage if they had played that the whole year every month 570 570 570 if they had been consistently good enough to be five games up in the division would there be less panic than there is now that they have been so good and then August was not good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really fair point. I mean, I think you think about there's a thing in, in basketball a lot with NBA teams. They talk about teams turning on the switch, right? That, that's a hypothetical that, you know, good NBA teams are like, once we get to the playoffs, we'll turn on the switch. And I think there's an idea with this Yankees team that, you know, that they, that some, at some point they're going to turn back on that switch, right? And they're going to go back to being the team that they were before. Yeah. And I, I always felt like that team was a little bit of a mirage. That team, it's a, I think the Yankees are a very good team when healthy, but like every starter had an ERA below three at one point. We faced them in June. We ran into the absolute juggernaut. Every starter was sub three. They were hot. Judge was hot. Everybody was hot. And we got steamrolled because that they were at their – peak of being really good but baseball and baseball playoffs is so much about who is hot and so i do i think the yankees are a good team i think they're gonna be fine i think they're going to they have the right players to figure it out but they but they have to be but i'm saying they have to be they have to in the next five weeks four weeks however many weeks we have left they need to find the hotness again because if you can't roll into the playoffs you can't limp into the playoffs i've been on a team in 18 we kind of limped in we were good when we were a good team but we played a lot of games late played a lot of stressful games late and we kind of limped in and like limping into the playoffs is not where you want to be i i also think it's cool i mean as much especially just i mean i don't follow any yankees things but between you know following all the john boy people it's hard to not see but like the boone I think he's done such a good job, especially with like the media too, with like showing frustration, you know, like that day that he slammed the the table. I think that was, I don't know. I think he can get a clubhouse and going into, I don't know. I, I think I might be a little biased. I just love 
that mannerism that he gives off like to the media like that. Like he's like, yeah, no shit. We're struggling. Like this sucks. You know, like it's right fucking in front of us. I don't know. I think that goes a long way with players who are struggling or like as a team, when you feel that, but you can ride behind somebody. I did. Well, do you have something about this? I was just going to say that I still think once the Yankees get fully healthy or as healthy as they can get this year, because I know they got a couple guys that are out for the year. They're still my pick to win the AL. I still think they're better than the Astros. I think they're better pick than the click. Mariners. I, I still think, like, you get to Yankee Stadium in the playoffs, you never know. And you got Aaron Judge, who's going to hit 60 this year. That lineup okay. is still so right. unbelievably good. It's a good segue. It's a good segue. Okay. We're going to talk. So we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the AL MVP. We're going to have an AL MVP discussion. That Brought to us by. Brought to you by CSG, expert and impartial third-party authentication grading service for sports cards. I know Tom's into sports cards. Tom loves sports cards. Okay, sports card guy. Tom's got a collection. Tom's got a collection that you wouldn't believe. Does Tom have a a Honus Wagner rookie card? No, he doesn't. But would he love to? (laughs) Yes, he would. I yes, think we he all would. would. I think we'd and all love to have that. If he found one on the street, you know what he would do? He would send it in to CSG, and he would get it certified, sports backed by the CSG guarantee of authenticity and grade. CSG is backed by the same ownership and senior management team behind NGCPMG and CGC the world's leading and largest coin, paper money, and comic book certification service. Promo code gets you 15% off yearly memberships, and the offer expires at the end of this month. Get $15 off yearly memberships with promo code COMPOUND at csgcards.com. Can I ask you something very quickly before we talk ALMVP? Is it about a home inspired rookie card? It's about collect. It's about, it's, it's about this topic, which is why I want to ask okay. that very quickly. I don't know if you saw tonight, Tristan Cassis, who's one of the top prospects for the Red Sox, hit his first major league homer and a fan caught it. And then it turned into one of those hostage situations where he was not going to give it back. And eventually they interviewed him on the broadcast and he admitted he didn't even know what player hit the homer, that he just was keeping it basically just because he wanted to keep it. And eventually they negotiated something. I was going to ask you guys, did you, did you guys have any stories of negotiating with fans for significant homers i know ian you just hit 100 i did you get that no ball i hit a homer and they gave they gave a miggy ball that's how it was like yeah okay we'll give him that kid ball back i don't care <laughs> i got uh, nothing half's half the only one that would have some yeah. stories i have i have four really cool homers that i got back debut first big league homer and hit and hit first homer at wrigley 20th of my career, which was the fastest Cub ever to 20. Oops. And my 100th. And I've gotten them all back from fans very quickly with little to no, you know, a bat, a ball, card, nothing. But like three of the four of those were at Wrigley. Um, and like, Super, super easy. Brought him down, talked to him. Um, I've never, I don't know that I've ever even seen like a hostage situation of like a, really? but I do wonder like this is so we have something to talk about, Tom. We're going to talk about the LMVP before I forget, but I, we were just in St. Louis 
I'm going to go off on a different topic brought to you by CSG, CSG at uh, cards.com code compound. Uh, we were just in St. Louis. Albert Pujols hit seven, six, 95, 695 against us. I cannot imagine fans catching that ball and like just being like, yeah, Albert wants it. I have it. You take, take it back. I mean, That's... I think that, I think those are the ones that like, I don't think anybody's giving those balls back. I wouldn't give it back. Would you give it back? I'm not giving that back. I've thought a lot about I mean, this. This is one of my favorite topics to think about because it's like, what if you win the lottery, but somewhat more realistic because I go to baseball games. So I've thought about this because last year, the Yankees actually had a big one. Chris Giddens, who hit his first major league home run, he hit it in Buffalo when the Yankees were playing Toronto. It rolled out into the highway. Someone picked it up and then would not give it back. And I think it took like, 17 Aaron Judge. It took some insane amount of that. He negotiated the greatest deal in the history of the world. If I got Chris Giddens' first home run ball, though, that means way more to Chris Giddens than it does to me. That's my that. thing. Yeah. If, yeah. if, but as, as Hap said, if someone caught, if I caught Pulos's 700 homer, that's going to my pocket. And I'm, I, that's like a way to change my life forever. Like, apologies to Albert, who's had a great career. He's got a lot of other baseballs. I'm not, I wouldn't give that one back. I understand that. Mike make, make me a selfish asshole, but I, if like life-changing money, I would keep anything that's more valuable to, to the player than to me, a hundred percent, give it back. You're saying you wouldn't let like Pujols buy it off you for like a hundred grand. A hundred? You could probably auction it off for like 500 to. Um, that's what I'm saying. It feels like I, that's like I'm giving him a hometown discount. But the hard <laughs> thing is, can I say the hard thing with, milestone homers like that is they can't be authenticated yep. once they go into the crowd and once so, you they'll authenticate it if you give it back to them if you leave the stadium with the ball they will not authenticate it is what so I've, i don't know what the worth thing is i don't know how it goes um when he has if he gets to 699 those at bats after 699 they put something on there before they get a special ball that they get the stamp on it that's what they did with Miggy too. So like as he's walking to the plate, the they call time, they have him bring out 10 balls or whatever. Five they had, then they have they have they have more. Um and then they have a hologram or something on them. So when it goes to the stands, they can match it up. That's really Very cool. Interesting. Yeah. And you could there's it's a significantly different looking thing on it. Cause I did have a plan. I've I, this is how far I've gotten in my plan if I ever caught a homer, which I never would. Is that my plan? Is because I've how come you? How come? Because you'd ha- you'd have better seats. You'd be right in behind home plate, right in the dugout. Ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. Humble brag. No, no, certainly not. Uh, I was at Friday's game at Bush Stadium. I sat section four fifty three, row thirteen. You were at Bush Stadium on Friday. I was. Sick. Shout out Mike Mara. His uh, his bachelor party. I was there with a lot of Cubs fans. Shouts. Was was it was a tough Ian? That was it. Had to be a very unpleasant game for you guys in the field. Just constant drizzle for nine innings. Ugh. Yeah, really shit. Did Albert hit that game? Albert hit that game. I think, was that the game you caught at the fence? You caught one at the fence, right? Was that that game? First game of the series. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yes. You've seen baseball games. I've seen a few. Albert Pulhos coming to the plate in Bush Stadium. Pretty cool. Can I tell you? So the next day we went to Ballpark Village, which is right outside Bush, because um, my, my friend Mike is a big Notre Dame fan. So we were watching both the Cubs game and the Notre Dame game at the same time at Bally Sports Live, which is this huge bar down there. It's really awesome. 
and being there for Bush Stadium was cool the night before, but then being at the bar when the people were all, you know, he came up and won in the Saturday game. I think it was the eighth He'd or pinch ninth. Hit. Yeah. Pinch it. People at the bar were just losing their mind. I've never seen it. It was like the building was like rocking when he came to the plate because you can hear Bush across the street. So you kind of get that energy. And then that everyone in the place goes crazy. It was insane. I loved it. It was awesome. I have two things. I'm going to start with Ballpark Village in St. Louis. None of that money's going back to the rev share, but let me tell you what. The Witt family's doing okay on that one. I was going to say to you, I was going to say St. Louis was probably the coolest place that I've been. Like, while I, we had an off day there and I walked outside of the stadium and it was, it's just different. It's so cool. Here's my second thing. Albert Pulhos walking to the on-deck circle and just him walking out of the dugout to pinch hit. People losing yeah. their fucking melons. Unbelievable. I mean, that that was a really... And when he came to Wrigley just recently, there was a lot of Cardinals fans there, unfortunately. And it was... People were getting excited for every at-bat that he had. But seeing it at Bush with a pretty full crowd, he's meant a lot to that organization. And that's a really cool... It was a really cool thing to see. And you know what? Him hitting that homer to go up two on us in the, in the bottom of the eighth sucked. But it was a pretty cool moment. Was it, it loud? Was it louder than loud in there? It was loud. It was loud. And he it was a pinch hit homer. So he when he just walked in on deck circle, people were losing their fucking marbles. And then he comes up and he hits the homer. And it was flying. It flew over my head. And as it was flying. I was looking, I was, he hit it and I go, I'm running after it. And I go, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That's unbelievable. I was like, literally, I said that out loud to myself. I'm like, this is fucking unbelievable because it was just such a, such a moment. And I thought in the moment, I thought that was the one to tie a rod, but it wasn't, it was one short of it. Um, he has a legitimate chance to hit 700 and that would be pretty good. Dude, whatever he's doing, I hope that he bottles it up for the next three weeks and keeps doing it. Just absolutely raking left-handed pitching. Dude, I saw he has like, oh, what is it, the stat? I don't know. It's like his OPS versus righties is like 500. And then versus lefties, it's like over 1,000. It's like 1,200, yeah. All right. We're going to go to the next topic, okay? This has been great. It's been great fun. We're going to get Dakota involved here. We're going to go to the next topic. What do you mean? This topic is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has that. Performance Package 4.0. Everybody knows about it. In that package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, it's Dakota's favorite. You get the Love Weed it. Whacker for your ear and nose hairs. Weed Whacker for the near ear and nose hairs. Uh, underrated. I get underrated. some nose hairs too. I, I need that. I, I actually it. just I just talked to a friend, uh, a friend of the pod that listens to the pod every week but uh, has not been on the pod uh, about the Crop Preserver. Big fan of the Crop Preserver. Okay, you got the performance boxers, you got the travel bag to hold all of the the goodies that you get from Manscaped. Look into that performance package 4.0, 20% off plus free shipping code compound at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping code compound at manscaped.com. Anything else to say about Manscaped before we get on to our next topic? I love it. It's the best. Perfect. I need to talk about the AL MVP. In my opinion paul goldschmidt if you just which he will just keep doing what he's doing is the uh, consensus and mvp unanimous nobody vote for anybody else he's so good he's unbelievable 
the next closest person is like a thousand OPS points or a hundred OPS points below. Like his teammate Arenado is having an unbelievable year. He's a hundred points off the OPS train there. He might win the triple crown. I think you should win it. Thank you. Let's talk oh. about the AL MVP. You have uh, Tom's favorite good. player, Aaron Judge. My favorite player is Scott F. Ross, but Aaron Judge Thank is a close second. Of course. Thank you. He has 54 pumps. 54. 54 homers. A ridiculous amount of RBIs. He's hitting 300. But then you have Shohei Otani. Shohei, who is leading the Angels in every statistical category available on both the pitching and hitting side. Who are you giving it to? You have to judge. The MVP can't be on a non-playoff team. That's my take. Why? Because if your team's not in the playoffs, the MVP isn't really the most valuable player. It's not who's the best player on any team. It's who's the best player on the best team. That's literally what it is every year. That's stupid. But that's what it is. Like that's how it always goes. It's never come on. It's it's Aaron Judge, dude. I mean, it is like look at his stats. He if he gets to six counted. He scored every single run last week's in the last week's series. Can I, can I read you Aaron Judge's stats very quickly? Because we kind of went yes. over them, but yes, currently, right now, he's hitting 302, and then he he leads the leagues in these in these categories. On base percentage, 403, slugging percentage, 682, OPS, one uh 1.085, OPS plus 204, which would be the highest non-Barry Bond season since I believe like 1960. Uh, 54 pumps, 117 RBIs, both of which lead the league. And he, for chits and giggles, he also leads in walks with 80 walks. He's going to hit over 300 with 60 homers and like 130 plus RBIs. And like, that's he, absurd. He's doing it under the pressure with a team the struggling. Yankees not, the Yankees not playing well. Like if it wasn't for him, they would not be in first place right now. 100%. Ian, I I hear your point as a Yankee fan. I I understand the argument for Otani. One hundred percent. And Otani's a unicorn. And I, I was having this conversation with my own father last night, kind of making the case for Otani, just to because I I respect Otani so much. But I think if Judge breaks the American League home run record, a record that stood for over fifty years, how I much is he's it? AL, he's the AL MVP, in my how, opinion. How many yeah. is the AL record? Sixty-one by Roger Maris. I mean, Otani's hitting. I just want Otani's stats, just just for. Comparison. Is he going to be? Is he going to be a Gold Glove too? Judge, or no. does he not play one position long and too long? Yeah, he's, he's been in center a lot. He's been in right, so probably not. Question. Yes. Baby Ruth never hit sixty. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, no, I think Aaron Judge is the MVP. No question. I don't like the thing. Oh, he pitches and he hits, so he's the most. He's the best player. He's the most valuable player. Aaron, what Aaron Judge is doing is absolutely ridiculous with a dead ball, with a dead ball, with a poop ball. Okay. That's why the OPS plus is so absurd because the ball's poop and he's going to hit 60 plus. I really, 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 really hope he hits 60 plus. I hope he hits 60 plus and I hope Pools gets to 700 this year. That'd be an incredible season. Like those two things happening, like those, those two things could happen in the next couple of weeks. By the way, I should mention Babe Ruth hit 60, and part of the reason that Roger Maris' his record at the time was considered controversial was he hit 61, 
but Babe Ruth only played 154 games when uh, Maris played 162. Hey, sorry, sorry, Babe. Hurt? No, he played 160. No, like the schedule. The schedule was like the length. They were only schedule. scheduled 154. Correct. When Babe Ruth played, so they that was. It's, there's a famous movie, I believe, uh, Billy Crystal directed it. 61 asterisk. 60, 61. Yeah, but it's got an asterisk on it because a lot of people think that the yeah. real home run record is Babe Ruth's because he played did in less games. What year was Maris? Believe that was. I think it was also sixty. One, I want to. I want to get that correct. Because I was looking at Babe. I Ruth. thought it was the year too. Yeah, Babe I thought it was also sixty-one, but I'm not. Babe Ruth was facing beer league softball players in the correct. Northeast. Isn't that crazy? Roger Maris did hit sixty-one in sixty-one. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. He never hit more than thirty-nine. At least Roger Maris did it post World War II. Roger Maris, World one of the most incredible careers, won back-to-back MVPs, and then. Never was an all was an all star one time after that and hey, hey. couple of one time all stars. You and Roger Maris, same guy. Yeah, same guy. Not in the Hall of Fame, Roger Maris. What? Yeah. How long did he play? How many years did he play? That that's the like his career peaked really young, and then he was never quite the same. Um, how many years did he play? He played twelve years, but the back half of his career featured ninety games, forty six games, hundred games. He was he was banged up a lot. You don't get yeah. the bulk. You don't get the bulk. You need the bulk no. in that era. That's fair. Um, so you get j- judge consensus MVP for everybody here. I, if it's, it's not so funny, dude, it's, like it's criminal. If it's not, it sucks because they're not. They, there's no way you throw to him the rest of the year, right? I mean, you have to. I mean, or, the guy. I, I mean, I get the other, his homer yesterday was on a three-one curveball too. Like, what the fuck? Oh, I know. So he, he knows he's not so getting he, a three-one heater. I know, but like player in the league, it's just like the amount of sliders he sees is insane. Goldschmidt has Arenado protecting him, who is the second best hitter in the National League, and Judge does not have that. Right, those now. are the second and third best hitters in the National League. You're the best hitter in the National League, it's, especially with Rizzo hurt too. Yeah, you Rizzo to the IL today. Yeah, I saw something because of migraines, like from his epidural. Ian, inside source, what do you got? No comment. So you know what happened. Talk, talk when the talk when the mics are off. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I I think I think what Judge is doing is just so ridiculous, and like you, you know Shohei's going to end up getting some of the Mike Trout treatment where it was really 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 cool the first year, and he can do it every year, and when somebody else does something ridiculous, it won't be quite as cool, and like Mike Trout should have won twenty. Consecutive most valuable players, except for the year that Miggy won the triple crown, but he didn't because he's Mike Trout. So, like, that's going to happen to Shohei too. But what he's doing is ridiculous. Yeah, because then they're going to start comparing Shohei to Shohei. They'll be like, oh, well, he didn't win it this year and he had these stats. These stats aren't as good. It's like, well, he's still the best player. Speaking of of Trout, wait, back to Judge. He also has what, 15 bags? Yeah, 15 bags. He's also the co owner of a fantasy football team with Scott F. Frost. So, Good point. That's good a good point. accomplishment. Wait, what? Bro, incredible. Scotty, Scotty helped him Scotty draft and his Judgy team. Judgy your boys. They're, he calls him Judgy. And I'm like, Judgy. do you think you're best buds? Judge of 15 of 17 of stolen bases on the air. Career high. Speaking of Trout quickly, he has just over 5,000 at-bats. He has a 1,000 on the dot OPS. 
He's got 30 pumps this year. He's missed like a hundred. He had another one tonight. He's at 31 pumps with missing half the year. It's insane. Like, remember when they said his back was fucked up and he was yeah, never yeah. going to be able to play? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, Doc. Uh, he's got like sure, seven Doc. homers and 12 games since being yeah. back. How's he doing? Hey, yeah, thanks, Doc. Yeah, he'll be just fine. We're going to do Sloan screen time. We're going to do Sloan screen time. I just want to say really quick about Sloan. I, of course, love a good Sloan flusher. When the Sloan flusher flushes, I'm happy. If you need automated flushers, automated sinks, you know where to go. Sloan valve. I had a nice, nice run of of uh, Sloan flushers on this road trip. We went to who knows what the first city was on that road trip because I don't. But then we went to Toronto, and then we went to uh, St. Louis. There were Sloan flushers everywhere. There were Sloan flushers galore. It was great. I could pee everywhere. Gotta love that. Now I have no oh, idea. electric factory. Does anybody want to say uh, their screen time? 433. Fuck you. Ooh. It's a good Four, day. 452. Let's go. 345 um, for me. He's, he's, still, he's still got another hour. We're good, dude. Yes. Uh, while huh? I'm pulling mine up, I do want to mention, Ian, we've, we've mentioned him in the past. Brian Jett, former, uh, well, still a trainer at UC that you and I both know. I worked with him uh, in Florence. He messaged me to let me know that the UC baseball locker room just got updated and they have Sloan Flushers in there now. So. Yes, we love that. I Ian, Ian you have donated seen... them, didn't you? Yeah, Ian, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably built that locker room, actually. Yeah, Ian uh, said, I'm not building this locker room unless there's Sloan Flushers. Unless there's some Flushers in there. Um, I have not seen the new locker room yet, but I think uh, end of the season we finish in Cincy. I'm going to have to go see it. Um, and if there's not a picture of my face in it, I'll be upset. I was going to say, are they going to name it the Ian Hap locker room? I think Ian, that's what no, the Ian Hap bathroom presented by Sloan. <laughs> presented by Sloan, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one for me. Eight hours, 16 minutes. Hey, hey baby. Anytime you're under 10, I'm not upset. Yeah, you the work on your phone. Yeah. Where I get nervous. You work on your phone. Yeah. I, I appreciate the sports tonight, boys. Got it, dude. It's fair. Great episode. What a great episode. Hey. If Tom likes it, I like it. That's episode <laughs> 126 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. I love Parse. You love Parse. I hit a home run tonight. Uh, uh, humble I didn't brag. even talk about it. And Bleacher, and Bleacher Jeff, Bleacher Jeff, <laughs> when I came back out there left field, Bleacher Jeff goes, nice homer, powered by Parse. And I said, that should be on the broadcast. On the, every broadcast when somebody hits a homer, it should be powered by Parse. That's episode one. 26 of the Compound Podcast. We'll see you next week.